Well, well, well. Are you ready, Chandler? I am riding on the high seas of this trial. I'm buckling in. Let's go. Buckle in, BBs, because today we are discovering, we are finding out, yes, it's true, who the man behind the pirate costume really is. Such stunning words. Did you did you write that or did you perhaps steal that from somebody? You know, these were words that Amber Heard's defense attorneys spoke in their opening statements. But mm-hmm. I will say that they did actually reach out to me, Chandler. Um, oh, not yep, a, yep. Mm-hmm. They heard I was a poet. Okay, yeah. They're big fans of BYU's literary magazine where <laughs> some of my poems were published. And uh-huh. they were like, this wordsmith, we need her. We need her on the case. Right. Right. We need some lyric prose in order to really stir and sway the jury in defense of our, you know, angelic defendant. Yeah, I'm sure that they commissioned your words because you were at the perfect, perfect intersection of mediocre talent and budget. (laughs) Exactly. Um, (laughs) You know, I really checked all the boxes. Right, right. They were Um, like, we've seen your work with Meghan Markle. (laughs) We know that no one that you've never seen a single dime from any of this shit. So let's no. Uh let's yeah. Start the bidding low. Exactly. Okay. Um today, yes, we are diving headfirst into the Johnny Depp first Amber Heard trial. But before we get into it, we do have some housekeeping. Okay, Lauren, every time Lauren says housekeeping, I just like I don't know, I hate that ex- expression kind of. It just you know feels why? like you're Cinderella. Like, I've got to do a few <laughs> little dusty mop things right now. i got to get my wooden bucket out. It's a housekeeping. Be- you know why I say it? It's because Sam Harris, at the beginning of his podcast, which I don't really listen to that much anymore. But anyway, I'm a big fan. I have not canceled him in my brain. Whatever. I don't want to get into that. Yeah, I don't think he's still canceled. No, he's never been canceled. But I don't know. Oh, I just I, me, I'm not like, like not knowing if he'd been canceled. I'm like, I'm sure he's fine now. It's fine. <laughs> Chandler's like I condone the canceling that happened and I thought what but I'm also is egregious but I'm also nuanced enough to realize that people can grow and change you know just yeah. like me the leader of the the left mobs uh the, the Although, chronic just like you know likable people pleaser on the podcast she gets all the accolades anyway let's just get in let's just move on to to the <laughs> housekeeping shall we Okay, let's Chandler do it. Chandler is just so good-hearted. She's so nice. Anyway. Ugh, um, yeah, gosh, just nothing more boring you could say about someone. Okay. No, I want to get just really quickly touch on the giveaway. Very exciting, you guys. So I had this realization. I didn't run this past you, Chandler, but I realized. This is going to be a 60-second oh, thing. Okay. I realized that not everyone wants a walking pad. Maybe it's not going to be chic in their home office. Maybe they go to work somewhere and there's just, you know, they're, maybe they're a brain surgeon and at the chief of surgery would look down on them also walking on a treadmill while doing, you mm-hmm. know, brain surgery. I'm sure we have right. a lot of neurosurgeons listening to pop apologists. Tons, loads. <laughs> so anyway, I decided, you know, we're going to spend about 500 bucks on this thing. Why don't we just let people know, hey. As long as you tell us what you want, we'll get whatever you want, up to 500 bones. You know, no skin off our nose. We don't care. So it's basically turned into a $500 shopping spree giveaway. We cannot do cash because then we can't write it off. So 
We mm-hmm. need physical receipts, but that's it. So anyway, or digital, whatever. This reminds me a little bit of the Kardashians or whoever, like celebrity du jour, who will do like ten thousand dollar MacBook Air giveaway, and then they're just like sitting in like a pile of like clothes and sh- and like electronics. This has like well, those vibes. I mean, the dark part about those giveaways is they make like five hundred grand to a million dollars just doing that one post. Yeah, and- I know, I know. And then don't they get to delete it after like a month? They get to delete it after like four days or after a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, the difference here is we're actually paying for this giveaway out of our hard-earned money. And so anyway, it's you know truly to help us grow, and it actually really is working, you guys. Like these giveaways are moving the needle. And we are growing and it's so incredible. And so we want to keep doing them as long as, you know, people are entering and they're working. So um, I don't know if we're going to, I don't know when we'll do one next. This one ends at the end of April and we're not going to do one in May. So if you want to enter, enter this month and it's a $500 shopping spree. You can pick one thing. You can pick a few things. Anyway, that's really what we're talking about. So To enter, you post on your stories recommending the podcast to your friends, letting them know why you love it, and then you also include a link to your favorite episode. And as I yes. as I always say, we ask that you only enter if you actually would want to recommend our podcast to friends, mm-hmm. and this is really just an incentive to do what you were already going to do. And with that right. said, please don't include in the slide that this you know, as part of a giveaway because it invalidates your endorsement. Mm-hmm. And with that said, I think we're good. Make sure to tag us that way. That way we see it and we'll, we'll respond and say you're entered. So if you don't get a yeah. response, because we actually have had quite a few at this point, if you don't get a response, hit us up again, make sure we get back to you, but we really try to get back to everyone. So yeah. Okay. All um, right. I do have like a funny story, but maybe I can just save it for the Patreon. I'll save it for the Patreon. Okay. We will have a new fresh Patreon out this week, everyone. Be out Friday. Gosh, a lot of pimping, a lot of housekeeping. Mm-hmm, um, Chandler, mm-hmm. do you want to talk about the Patreon so I'm not the only, you know, whore on this podcast? I would love to talk about the Patreon. Um, that is still true, though. You are the only whore on this podcast. Um, <laughs> I am excited to cover a lot of ground. We are going to talk about uh, the severance finale or I guess the you know conclusion of that show and how it stunned both Lauren and I so there will be some spoilers um for people who want to just skip ahead um we're gonna talk about the new Kardashian show which I still haven't watched because I really want to like have a ritual with watching it I want to like sit down take notes um so we're gonna talk about new Kardashians uh we're gonna talk about Orange County the uh final episode and i think there will be a reunion out by the time we record so lots about that um yeah and then whatever funny story lauren's building up for all of us yeah i don't want to overpromise. it is a funny story though so yeah so it should be a really fun week in the patreon so if you want to sign up for that that link is in the show notes mm-hmm. okay now with that said i think it's time to go back to mm-hmm. the high seas Mm-hmm. to talk about our favorite the high poet. seas of justice the high seas of justice is that what the episode's being called wow um i think it's a little too poetic i don't think it's gonna oh, really do gosh much. have you ever heard of seo oh. Oh uh it's, it's all about it's all about uh, actually attracting well listeners. high seas of justice you know colon johnny depp amber oh see the work okay. she makes me do it's you know seo anyways yes let's return to the high seas of justice and get into this case. I want you to know that um, in preparation for this, 
I did a little bit of research, but you told mm-hmm. me not to do too much because I need to act as, you know, the voice of the audience. Um, but right. I am so stunned by even the small clips that I have seen. And right. I can't wait to get into it. Yeah. So mom is a deep Depp head. Deb is a Depp head of the mm-hmm. mom. So much of a Depp head. Like, don't you have memories of mom's yes. crush on Johnny Depp as a child? So, yes. Let's start with some evidence from her childhood. I'm pretty sure there was a solid amount of time where her phone background was Johnny Depp in pirate costume. She was the most uh, riled up for pirate Johnny. I don't think she was like, you know, Gilbert Grape Johnny. Um, but even though that is a, it's a great Johnny era, um, we had a large format poster of Johnny Depp and uh, of a Pirates of the Caribbean poster, like in one of the downstairs family rooms. No. Um, we didn't yes, ever remember this. Yes, we no, did. I have no yes, memory. It's on the like not in on the, the door, in the, not in the living room. I guess in the the gym now, the workout room. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So mom door. has like one room where there's a bunch of random photos of like it's all yeah. very colorful. So it wasn't like yeah. it wasn't it's like, like, it's like our school posters, <laughs> right? It wasn't a shrine, but like I mean, it's still kind of mom's not like some movie head. Like that was just a random. Should, there's no other movie poster in there. It's just literally that poster. Like, um, I, I feel like mom had, like, a second sexual awakening when she saw she Pirates of the Caribbean. Did. She absolutely did. <laughs> like, and she also, kept, our, I always remember yeah. talking about his jawline. Like, his, Johnny Depp's jawline, I feel like, was a key part of our childhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, she's, like, and she would she would be, like, extremely open about, like, like how hot she was for him. Yes. Like, it was there was so no, f- like, yeah, <laughs> there was no toning it down for her children. And I love it. I love it for her. Listen, dad had Melania Trump. Mom had Johnny Depp. Everyone has their hall pass, baby. And we're just, (laughs) it's just the way it works. Okay. Everyone has Um, their hall pass. It's sure true. Wow. Um, so yeah, so honestly, Johnny Depp to me, of course, I also find him to be found to be attractive. I actually got my genetic like shallowness from our mother. Um and obsession with male beauty, like from it's genetic and it's from my mother. Well, yeah. I want you to know that in some of these clips that I was watching, people would splice in montages of him as Jack Sparrow. And I was unbelievably captivated by his eyes. Yeah. His grin. Like, I I mean, this is an incredibly attractive person. Yeah. Especially as Jack Sparrow. Like it is quite possibly maybe one of the most handsome men I've ever seen. I was like, I feel like I was drooling slightly and I'm like in the middle of watching like a domestic abuse trial and like that's how quickly my brain like changed gears. She's sliding <laughs> off her seat. Yeah. Disgusting. Uh, I hate it when you say that you're disgusting. You're a whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We're not cussing, but I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty sure after this episode, mom is never coming back on the pod. Just kidding. You can't leave that in. You absolutely can't leave that in. You I'm definitely leaving it in. Um, okay. So I'm not bleeping out. Mom is so much of a death head that she is flying to the trial to she's stand. not she's yes, not she is. no she's true. not oh, i don't watch my reels yes no i no no she, i called her about it yesterday she told me she was flying to virginia she's not actually flying she's going to see aunt diane in idaho That's but she told going. me she was flying to virginia and she said no. yolo like a flying to go yeah, stand outside she was, the courthouse and she scream. was joking no she was, she was not kidding Okay. okay. Well, I want you to know that she is packing for another trip. I'm, I'm going. She's literally going to be in Utah next week when I'm there. But she she's riling you up. This is a six week trial. She told okay. me she was flying there to okay. stand outside. So the what week are we on? Scream! We love you, Johnny. We are we literally you. in week one? Or yeah. Week two? 
We're in week one. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm also we're only gonna be covering the first three days because yeah. unlike unlike Chandler, and I told Chandler to come virtually unprepared, I watched every minute of the first three days. That's mm-hmm. a total of what is that? Seven four, 21 hours yeah. of content yeah. plus a few, you know, some other commentary. I mean, I'm knee deep in this, waist deep neck deep and i don't know what we're gonna do i don't know if we're gonna continue covering it if this is gonna be a one and done situation but here's the deal mom texted me about it and i was kind of like "Eh, i don't really i'm not that interested in this let me tell you when you actually watch the the trial itself is captivating yeah like there are some witnesses that are kind of whatever but overall this trial is worth the watch. If you also well, can spare eight hours a day, I highly recommend if you can some spare popcorn. eight hours a day. <laughs> if you can take some PTO, if you've got any left in your calendar, you can watch this trial. You should be watching this trial. I mean, it is just so riveting. Okay, so let's actually get dive into it though, because okay. for those of for those of our listeners who can't spare eight hours a day, we can still bring you on the high seas. All right, so this is the case of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. Chandler, why is Johnny suing Amber? Johnny is suing Amber because of an op-ed she wrote in the Washington Post about her experience speaking out as a victim of domestic violence. She didn't explicitly use Johnny's name, but anyone who is living and breathing will know that she's talking about America's most bangable pirate. All right? Um, Bangable pirate. Deb's lawsuit alleges that this article constituted defamation because of her transparent finger-pointing, and this resulted in material damages, including being dropped from the next Pirates of the Caribbean film. Yeah. This is actually Chandler Depp's second lawsuit. Did you know that? Um, no, I didn't know that. Johnny sued The Sun in the UK. This is a case that just recently oh, concluded. Oh, yes. Okay for publishing an article calling him a wife beater and lost the case because the judge rules ruled that the article was accurate and that 12 of the 14 alleged domestic violence is- incidents were true. The judge even highlighted three incidents where he said Mr. Depp had put Miss Heard in fear for her life. So, wow. Before we get too in the weeds here though. Yeah. I think we should zoom out and give people a timeline of the relationship and the events that are at the core of the story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So in 2012, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard start dating. They initially met on the set of the film, The Rum Diaries, a few years earlier. They meet on this role. He subsequently breaks up with Vanessa Paradis. She breaks up with some, you know, no-namer she was dating and they get together. So Mm -hmm. it's honestly unclear to me if he fully just like left Vanessa for her or if they broke up of their own accord. So if anyone has any scoop on that, please let me know. Because as you all know, Chandler and I, we are the nation's voice of morality when it comes to homewreckers. Is that correct? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So happy to We'd put on our to happy to put on our searing Serena Joy voice mm-hmm. and go at him for that if that did happen. Um, yeah. But I can't verify or deny. Okay. Okay. So 2012, they start dating. March 2014, they get engaged. February of 2015, they get married. I believe at the okay. time they get married, 
29 or 30. So they must have okay. met when she's in her early-ish, mid-20s. Yeah. Start dating toward her later 20s. They get married when she's about 30. He's, you know, hovering around the 50-ish mark at all these points. And you know what, though? I can't fault her because he looked really damn good at this time. He still looked no, hot. No, he looked, he looked phenomenal. Like, he was still yeah, they were hot super couple. hot. Yeah. Like, I got it. You know what I mean? I got it. Johnny um, now, not hot. Like, no, I, I don't like the hair. Uh, he, yeah. The physical decline has literally like sent a cold shiver down my spine looking at Johnny's death. If there was ever a testament to not over drinking and like heavy drug use, I'm sure. It's been some hard years for Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Johnny and Amber marry. They had two ceremonies, one civil in Los Angeles that was legal, and one that was at Johnny Depp's private island in the Beh- in the Bahamas, in the Bahamas. All right. You mean Costa Rica? <laughs> everywhere tropical is Costa Rica, according to white people. <laughs> everywhere. That is so true. Challenge alluding to the fact to new listeners that I live in Puerto Rico and everyone always asks me how things in Costa Rica are. Um <laughs> I don't want to come visit you in Costa Rica. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So after the wedding, they have a honeymoon where there's only one fight, one notable fight. And then, mm-hmm. however, they have a very, very, we love very- a honeymoon with one notable fight. <laughs> <laughs> only one notable fight. I mean, just hearing them talk about their relationship and how many like volatile. <sighs> violent fights I get in oh my gosh it just makes me really realize how sanitized my relationship is like uh how healthy and strong and stable your relationship is that you don't have fisticuffs I know types but of blows just, all the time you don't come to yeah, fisticuffs all the time no it definitely on that was just a way of like in a in a more chill way being very grateful for the stability yeah. of my relationship and the fact that I've never gotten into a single fight with Kagan that has turned into any screaming or any violence, right, right, but right. anyway. Um, so they do have after the honeymoon a trip to Australia that is very, very tumultuous. Results in the tips of Johnny Depp's fingers being cut off. A Ugh. few of them. Wait, I didn't. I, I don't understand how that happened. Honestly, it's still unclear. But one of the most interesting oh. things about this trip is not just the fingers being cut off, but it was also the fact that. Wait, are you still, you're still, I'm just scoffing at like, one of the more interesting things besides the fingers being cut off, like, what is this, that sentence? What is this relationship? Like, it was a few fingers, the tips, you know what? It happens. I am more interested (sighs) in, in something that I find to be so hilarious. So, okay. John and and Amber heard they got in serious trouble with Australian, like, bureaucrats police biosecurity people because they brought their dogs to australia on this trip and um you're not allowed to bring like animals into australia because of like their bio biosecurity rules mm-hmm, and regulations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. and it's this very serious rule but of course celebrities think they're better than everyone else they're i fine do remember private. this yeah it was yes. like a big headline yeah i remember yeah. i remember reading about this way back in the day being titillated by the news um anyway so my favorite part though is that they're forced to give like a public apology essentially about this so i want to play this audio audio for you it's only 42 seconds and i think it's just kind of hilarious it's only 45 minutes but (laughs) it's only 42 (laughs) seconds so i just think it's so hilarious okay Okay. also i will say just in this video (sighs) 
they are just so attractive. Like they're just the hottest yeah. couple. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, not that I really care about looks or looks are important to me, but wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. So listen to this. Australia is a wonderful island <laughs> with a treasure trove of unique plants, animals, and people. It has to be protected. Australia is free of many pests and diseases that are commonplace around the world. That is why Australia has to have such strong biosecurity laws. And Australians are just as unique, both warm and direct. When you disrespect Australian law, they will tell you firmly. I am truly sorry that Pistol and Blue were not declared. Protecting Australia is important. Declare everything when you enter Australia. (laughs) Oh. Declare everything. Declare everything. Australia is a beautiful island. Like, I just love... It's a treasure trove. Captain Jack Sparrow, it's a treasure trove. I know. I like that they went with the pirate theme. Apology. Yeah, literally. (laughs) They got the writers from Warner Brothers or whatever, Disney. Um, His voice. Yeah, he... he, Everything about this man... This is, like, rated to... Yeah, like us swoon yeah and other things i mean it's just it's a lot it's a lot to handle um, i like just i want i want i want him to get on calm like hopefully after everything blows over he can get a calm campaign and do some sort of like sleep meditation you want him to get the calm app that's your takeaway no no like celebrities have like calm stories like where they will like oh. record themselves like telling bedtime stories like harry styles has one no, I don't want him to like look into meditation. <laughs> I was like, "What? This is a strange." I want. I, just, <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were like going to provide some good. Like, I. I mean, what? Yeah, I, I would recommend I would after this blows over that he, Johnny Depp downloads the Calm app. So creates a free account. I was like, I'm pretty sure he can like afford some like yoga <laughs> yoga person to come over and do a guided meditation. He doesn't have to download the comments. I would love to see him download Headspace. I would be really helpful. I would just love to hear more of his voice. No, I mean, honestly, even when you're listening to them fighting in this hour-long audio, which I highly recommend YouTubing if you have nine hours to spare. Yeah. Um, his voice even is like so sweet and velvety and mm-hmm. luscious and he's like mm-hmm. i love you i loved you i wanted you to be my wife like right, he's like right. it's like very stirring and melodic yeah yeah um yeah, yeah. just a, a milk and honey voice but anyway yeah. back to the brass tacks back to the timeline so they have this crazy australia trip which we'll get more into and then they come back and in may 2016 so just remember they got married in february of 2015 okay so less than, you know, a year and a half later, essentially f- 15 months later, Johnny's mother dies on May 20th, 2016. Three days later, mm-hmm. Amber files for a divorce. So 15 months, the marriage is 15 months, essentially. And you know, love how I'm not going to do exact math on that. Um, no worries. Amber files for a divorce that same week, three days later after his mother dies. And then and then four days after she files for a divorce, she files a temporary restraining order. Mm-hmm. And the Depp team alleges, essentially, that once Amber realized Johnny was leaving her and she was losing control, she decided to go full gone girl and turn the narrative and recast herself as a victim and Tim as her abuser. Yep. 
it's a very ugly time. And this is basically when essentially the tide of public opinion turns against Johnny Depp. Yeah. And go ahead. And he is one of like Hollywood's top paid actors. Like it's like a true watershed moment like for pop culture because all of the sudden this like loved beloved person is like accused of one of the worst possible things you know right and she's i mean she ha- there's photos of her with bruises mm-hmm. under her eyes yep she yep. wrote in the filing during the entirety of our relationship johnny has been verbally and physically abusive to me i endured excessive emotional physical physical and verbal abuse from Johnny, which has yeah. included angry, hostile, humiliating, and threatening assaults to me whenever I questioned his authority or disagreed with him. I live in fear that Johnny will return to our house unannounced to terrorize me physically and emotionally. Um, here's what Johnny had to say about Amber when he called his doctor after the Australian incident that resulted in the fingertip situation. Which I still don't have any type of clarity on, but okay. He says, hi, F man had another one. I cannot live like this. She's so full of shit. As full of shit as a Christmas goose. I'm done. What's a cr- I know. I never heard that. I don't expression. know. I, I, I'm just trying to picture it or hear it in Johnny's voice. And it sounds nice. Uh, I'm done. No more. All caps. The constant insults, demeaning, belittling, most heartbreaking, something unintelligible that is only released from a malicious and evil and vindictive, vindictive C word. I'm not even going to say that. I do have a line. But anyway, he says, but you know what? Far more hurtful than her venomous and degrading endless educational ranting is her hideously and purposeful hurtful tirades and her goddamn shocking treatment of the man she was supposed to love above all. Her obsession with herself is far more important in all caps. She is so fucking ambitious. She's so desperate for success and fame. That's probably why I was acquired. Although she has hammered me with me with that I am a sad old man. Who mm-hmm. I'm a has-been. I'm so very sad. I cut off the top of my finger. What should I do? Except, of course, go to the hospital. I'm so embarrassed for jumping into any with her, anything with her. F the world. Wow. All right. So it's mayhem. And a few. So basically, she in 2016, after the Australia incident, she ends up filing for divorce. Um, around the, around the time his mother dies, she files a temporary restraining order. She actually drops the restraining order mm-hmm. a few days later. And it's believed that she did that in order to basically get like more money out of him in the divorce. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it you know, became clear to her that it was better to play, to play nice and not bite the hand that would feed right. her because a big thing yeah. in their relationship was that she never signed a prenup. His side of the story or team Depp basically says that she fought against it and then after and was able to get him to marry her without one and then, you know, would never sign a post up. Yeah. Her side, her team's side of the story, her lawyers allege that she always wanted to sign a prenup, but he fell madly in love with her. He called her attorney a bitch and basically was like, I'm never making her sign a prenup. So Okay. You know, two sides to this tale. Right. But this right. brings us to her writing the article essentially two years after she gets a $7 million divorce settlement from him. And from which she says she's going to donate to charity. Correct. But she never actually does. Right. So, yeah, that that is also tricky and sticky. I mean, my advice is just don't tell people you're going to donate it to charity. Uh, just keep the cash. You know what I mean? Like That's kind of how I feel about our Patreon money. 
Yeah, like, we we're never not telling like, you we're not donating this to you know research monthly. or science. Yeah, this is these are not monthly payments to the ACLU. Right. They are monthly payments to you know us having a Keep, good time. Exactly. No, but also keeping this podcast afloat. And yes. I think it's just yeah, that's it's, really it's, what it's about. And also, I feel like when she said that, it was like, I don't even need this money. I'm donating it to charity. It's like, no, bitch, you need the money. Like, you know, Aquaman, whatever, fell through or whatever. And, you know, you need the money. Yes, absolutely. And she does not donate the money. So that's that will come up later, you know, in the recap, essentially, of the court case. Um, But his life is torn asunder, completely, completely broken by these allegations um, he is dropped from Pirate, the next Pirates of the Caribbean. He's dropped from another film, like The Beasts of Grindelwald or something. Um, not being a very good reporter, I forget the name. Fantastic Beasts, he's dropped from mm-hmm. that. So he loses a lot of income, right. allegedly, from these allegedly false, alleged accusations. Okay. Um, so that is why he is suing her. So the question is, is Amber telling the truth or... Mm-hmm. is amber lying that's really what this case comes down to yeah and it also comes down to the well, first amendment so let's start with the attorney's opening statements or is there something mm-hmm. you wanted to say yeah i was just gonna say that i think that like bef- before this for this case where johnny is suing amber there was only the restraining order right or i guess there was the uk case f- suing the son but there was only the restraining order that then got dropped right Correct. And he, but he filed this three years ago, I believe, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's just taken a really long time to actually go to trial because of COVID. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Also, why is it in Virginia? It's in Virginia because he is literally trying to destroy her life and make everything for her as hard as possible. It's in Virginia because the Washington Post can receive faxes in Virginia. And he literally okay. just picked as obscure of a place as possible, like as far from L.A. as like something that would be the least really? enjoyable for her to have to like basically bunk up at. Is that like really? so malevolent? That's crazy. So that, that is such good context because, yeah, I had no idea. So like. I guess the other aspect of this is like he's suing her for fifty million dollars. She does not have fifty million dollars. Yeah, but that'll bankrupt her. Like, here's the thing: if she's virtually unhirable, he ruins her reputation. He takes all the money she has. Mm -hmm. She is essentially screwed, right? Yeah, totally, Um, totally. I just, I mean, this is. I thought that that number amount was interesting, and and the Virginia thing, like, yeah, wow. I have actually no doubt that Amber Heard will be a phoenix from the ashes in this situation. Never underestimate the power of a extremely captivating, mentally ill, super hot woman. Yeah. So I have like no fear for her future. Um, but I do think that well, he yeah. is trying the best he can to destroy her life because he thinks she destroyed or yeah. tried to I destroy mean, his life. She she certainly destroyed like the last fifteen years of his life, ten years. She is also countersuing him. For a hundred million because of this, you know, lawsuit. Mm. So it's pretty right. messy. Um, and this lawsuit, Chandler, it's going to be for the next six weeks. It's also going to include other like Elon Musk is going to have to testify. Yes. Amber and Johnny are both gonna have to testify. I mean, you guys, you guys, you guys, look look at what the level of entertainment value we are being given as humanity right now. This is just the juiciest gossip I know. in decades. Our cup so anyway, runneth over. Yeah, our cup truly runneth over. 
So let's start with the opening statements. And I'm going to do essentially a recap of the first three days of trial. Okay. 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 So Amber's attorneys start and they basically say two things. They say, this case is about the First Amendment. Do you have the right to speak about your true experiences? Under the First Amendment, you do. Further, the sentences that Johnny's attorneys are pointing to as being the sentences, because this all hinges on this Washington Post op-ed, right? This is what he's saying. She defamed him, ruined his reputation in this op-ed. And so they're saying essentially, if you actually read the op-ed, within the context, the larger context of the piece, the sentences they're pointing out that they say are resulted in this defamation are actually like cherry picked and in context are just about women's rights, women's experiences, and they're not about him. So they say that they're about, you know, Me Too in general, the Me Too movement and domestic violence in general. So the thing is, mm -hmm. the thing is, giving her the mic in this moment is validating whatever her claims are, like allowing her to speak out about this topic or having her, you know, giving her this platform validates her experience. Yeah, certainly. And I think that Ultimately, this is just about whether Amber, whether the, whether there was truth to what she was saying, whether what she was saying was was true, and then her First Amendment right to speak the truth. Because the thing about defamation is you're allowed to say if someone did something horrible to you, what mm-hmm. you can't do, because that's freedom of speech, right? Like mm-hmm. that's why there's NDAs, you know, because NDAs are trying yeah. to restrict people's freedom freedom of speech. What you cannot do under the law is publicly make statements that are false about another person and result in material damages for them. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you can't scream fire in a crowded, you know, theater or whatever. Yeah. Like you can't say whatever you want, but you should be able to speak the truth. Just like if there is a fire in a crowded theater, you can't say there's a fire. So anyway, words have consequences. And the question is, is whether she was telling the truth or not and whether her First Amendment right should be protected. The second point, though, above the constitutional concerns is Amber's accusations that Johnny, not only are they true, but Johnny is a drug-addicted monster who actually Mm -hmm. did all of these things. So in... Amber's um, attorney's opening statements, they say that she's a very good natured person. She grew up with very humble origins and she became very successful in her own right before ever meeting him. I think that what they're trying to do, do here is basically not, you know, preempt any sort of narrative that the prosecution comes with saying that she's like a gold digging, gold you know, yep. Yep. obsessed with success and ready right. to basically do anything, walk all over anyone to get it. Mm-hmm, including mm-hmm. Johnny. Yeah. One of my favorite details in the opening statements comes when they try to prove her good character by saying that she has always been a very charitable person and at one point volunteered at a Los Angeles hospital, like during her struggling acting days, three times a week. I'm sorry. This is where like the record scratch for me, the rubber hit the road. And I just thought, who, I don't care how benevolent you are, Mother Teresa you are, who in their formative years as they're trying to establish themselves volunteers three times a week. I don't what, Yeah. I would like to see proof of that. Right. I mean, three times a week is like a part-time job. Yes. I mean, it just was a little This might be like the time 
where I volunteered at the library, but it was court ordered because I got a parking ticket. <laughs> I got a I got a moving violation, and part of my sentencing reduction was to do you know sixty hours of community service, which I served Wait. at the library, and then I put that on my college applications. I didn't mention that it was court ordered. I think it, that if there's anyone in our family who's as close to like an actual angel, it's you. Even on this podcast, you are like the you know. You are a wonderful human being. Let's be honest. You have less vices, potentially. And Potentially. Probably how many not. times have you volunteered in your life? Have you ever volunteered once a week in your life? I've never volunteered to just volunteer. Have you ever volunteered? <laughs> have you ever volunteered once in your life? You no, I, I mean, I did. Church thing you had to go no, to. I've never been like, I am doing a solo activity that is uh, that's originated with me. And I'm volunteering. Like it's always been like, oh, it's this is our like church activity, or the judge says I have to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a little aggressive. I not. I mean, volunteering is great. It's just not as it's not that common, and it's not believable in my opinion. If, if you're trying to get your career up and going in LA, like you got to be hustling harder than that. You don't have time to volunteer three times a week. No, you don't have time to be twenty hours a week candy striping. Right. Um. Okay, but. They also make a point, you know, to obviously say she's not a gold digger. And this is my favorite. They say she was successful in her own right. They say she could afford to pay her rent. She had a car. She had a vehicle. And my favorite, most hilarious detail, she could afford to go to Starbucks. All right. Um, I okay. want to ring an, a bell here. Yeah. Who hasn't overdrafted <laughs> a time or two because they were trying to keep all those plates spinning in the air. Okay. Rent, car, Starbucks literally this that is like the life of every broke broke bitch out there okay mm. I cannot, also you're going to starbucks to use the free wi-fi the number of times that i have gone i've gotten a 35 dollar overdraft fee because i bought a five dollar cold brew from starbucks that sent me into like negative mm-hmm. 108 with chase or wells fargo yeah yeah uh in my in my early 20s it yeah uh, come on come on not yeah. very convincing in my opinion yeah yeah um, okay. So their opening statements conclude they paint, tried to paint Johnny as just this horrible, you know, drug addicted, abusive guy who would go on benders who, and he basically like couldn't even remember the horrible things he's done. Um, and then she's, you know, of course this angelic beatific victim. So then Johnny's attorney. Ooh, what was that word? Beatific? Beatific? Beatific. What does that mean? It just means like angelic. Should we look it okay. up? Should we do like a little? Maybe you should you do like a little like word check moment for me because maybe for sometimes you. I say, I bet you I say things that aren't correct. Um, I have to be the voice of the audience, beatific. Oh, blissfully means- happy, imparting holy bliss. Okay, so like angelic. Yeah, but yeah, I guess I'm not it's seeing angelic on this list. I'm seeing yeah, serene, happy, joyful, imparting ecstatic. holy bliss. Eh, wrong. That's wrong little- way to use it. I think that's imparting a holy bliss. That is very like the vibe they're trying to give. I'm just, her. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Okay. While we're doing a vibe check and something more in the realm of aesthetics, yeah. Can I can I urge you to review her look for trial? This is the first oh, I've day seen. of trial. Did you see the updo? Yes. Yes. This is what I wanted to talk about. I was a little I'm just gonna send you another picture really quick so it's top and top of mind. Mm-hmm. This I is the braids. This is the braids. No, right? this is not the braids. First day of trial, 
she has an updo that essentially if she was wearing a wedding dress, she would be fully ready to walk down the oh, aisle. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's an elaborate low bun. It's the type of updo where you cur- curl your hair to put it up, First, which is yes, like lots of a two-step hair. process. Yeah. Yes, and there's like all these like there's like pieces coming down in this very mm-hmm. angelic way. It is mm-hmm. just, in my opinion, it's just not the vibe. It's not the look. Like you shouldn't look like you had a team, like a hairstylist, a gl- or any type of glam. Yeah. Actually, also, I thought the braids were like more on par. That looks like something you could have done yourself. Yeah. Also, though, I would say that if you want to come across as a victim, I wouldn't go for these power suits. Like. Watch Courtney Grow's Instagram. Go with more of a prairie vibe. Go with more of like a a, a structural white sleeve mm-hmm. that will mm-hmm. cast you potentially visually with heaven's aura. A beatific, more beatific vibe. if you will. Beatific. Yeah. Yeah. Um holy bliss. Okay. Yes. Emitting holy bliss. No, I just I found her look to be a very discordant, very mm-hmm. like striking. Oh opposite. my gosh. Can you stop it with this? What is that? What does that mean? Like, like striking just, opposite tones, yeah, right? Because she has yeah. like incongruous. Like she's has this gray power suit on, and then she also Lauren, has. Lauren, you're this, being like, you're you're going into academic conference know. mode. You're going into okay. academic conference mode. I just want to flag that. Okay, thank you. I'm gonna enough. I'm coming back. Okay, <laughs> I publicly apologize. Okay, so I'm not loving the look. Anyway, um, so let's get to Johnny's Johnny's attorneys. They take the pulpit. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and they give their opening statements. They cast Amber as a manipulative, fame-hungry gold digger who was emotionally and physically Mm -hmm. abusive to Johnny. Mm -hmm. And when he stood up and he said that he would no longer take her abuse and declared he was divorcing her, she determined to ruin his life. Yeah. They point out that the Washington Post op-ed about Me Too was released just days before the premiere of Aquaman, painting her as a Machiavellian mercenary mm-hmm. villain out mm-hmm. to promote her own career even at the cost of johnny's that is interesting that yeah, yeah. just was so convenient for her to stand mm-hmm. up right before aquaman right premiered. yeah yeah um they now say that she has cast herself as the role of the victim there's no backing down she can never go back on it and she is prepared to play the role of her life in this trial even though none of these accusations are true Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they say okay. that Johnny's attorney, then they say finally that this isn't just about the material damages and his ability to make money. This is about the truth. This is about his ability to walk down the street and not be thought of as an abuser, but thought of as America's most bangable pirate. Okay. Right, right. They need, they want to go back to those days. He needs to get they back to go the golden back- era. Exactly. They want this man to wear eyeliner and people's only thoughts to be, let's see, beneath the costume. Disgusting. You're utterly disgusting. I'm acting as a voice to the audience. Cut it out. (laughs) You and mom are going to send me over the edge. Everyone, everyone listening wants a peek beneath. That's all I'm going to say. That dirty costume. Okay. I'm so ill. Before I was we an Orlando uh, Bloom person for the record. Orlando Bloom did it more for me. I'd love to yeah. hear his testimony in this. I wonder if he could be a character witness. That's a good point. You know, I think I was more of a Johnny Depp girl. I don't really remember. Orlando was, Bloom was I'm, like, was it for me I was when I was like them. 12. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I always 
find it hilarious that Miranda Kerr married Orlando Bloom. And then I kind of just, this is like my very callous take on their divorce. But I kind of feel like she married him at the height of his hotness. And then once she realized mm-hmm. that he, his acting career was kind of going nowhere and like she wanted to fly with the billionaires, she basically like tossed him out and like right. scooped up, you know, one of the tech tycoons of our time. I still anyway, think he's pretty cute. I still think he's like, he's like sex. He's still extremely sexy. Orlando Bloom? Yeah. You no, know, well, for sure. But when you're running in those circles, like, are you kidding me? Orlando Bloom is probably like well, is and, basically a loser compared to like the and, people that she's yeah, running with now. He's now with like Katy Perry, who for sure is worth more than him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, that's just uh, another aside. But all right. Can we talk about Johnny's look really quick? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we can. I um, don't get it. It's all so bad. I don't think that men with good bone structure should be legally allowed to have long hair. That is something, that's a law I would like to see set into motion. (laughs) I mean, I've been bugging Kagan to cut his hair for my own visual, you know, enjoyment now for the past couple weeks. It's just like, why hide your light under a bushel? There's a Mm -hmm, reason that's mm -hmm. scripture, you know? Right, right. Especially when the hair is like wispy and unkempt. Yes. It's just, it looks dirty. It doesn't look It looks good. dirty also, all the time. It looks so frizzy all the time. Like I just feel like he could he should have gone for a cleaner vibe, a cleaner yeah. haircut. Right. Maybe taken off like all the like vintage knickknack rings. Yeah. That the, the man jewelry is a lot. Yeah. yeah. It, like uh, the man jewelry, it's too much, especially given that he, this is like a domestic violence case. It's like you can kind of like you don't want those rings touching your skin. Right, right. Oh. And here's the like, thing. The the combination of the hair, the rings, and the suit, it feels like a costume. It doesn't feel like a guy's just going to court. It feels like celebrity costume. I mean, he has, he has like, basically, Johnny Depp's aesthetic has been walking thrift store since the 90s, since Kate Moss. Yeah. And it's just gotten worse and worse. Like, he's just piled on more accessories and more accessories. Right. And right. I just Mom think Mom loves that- it, though. Mom goes crazy for it. I just would have preferred a simpler vibe and a good, clean haircut. Yeah. But he didn't call me. And so here we are. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first witness takes the stand. And this is Christine Dabrowski. Christine appears as a very no-nonsense woman, which is quite likable in a court of law. She clearly is absent any personal vanity, and I say that in a very admiring way. Her look is very subdued, and... Amber really should have, you know, basically tapped the shoulder of her stylist in Glam Squad. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean no stylist and no Glam Squad. Right. But I digress. Christine paints a And who is she? Childhood. Christine is his sister. Okay. Johnny Depp's sister, Christine Dombrowski. Okay. Look alive, baby. Listen up. No, I am. Did uh, you say his sister? I think I did. But thank you for clarifying. Okay. Um, Listeners, look alive, okay? The sister basically paints a picture of their childhood that is quite dark. She says that their father was soft-spoken and passive, and their mother was anxious and abusive. She talks – like, physically abusive. She talks about the mom telling them to go outside and, like, get basically, like, those, like, long blades of grass. They're called switches. And, like, get a beautiful, shiny one that she would, like, hit them with. What? Pretty dark. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And she says that basically um, that whenever her mom and their mom would have an abusive tirade, that Johnny had this habit of fleeing the situation and escaping. And it's 
quite clear like this she's obviously a witness for the prosecution it's quite clear that she's trying to create the narrative that this is Johnny's mode. Like when he and Amber fight, he leaves because he learned mm-hmm. to do that as a child in an abusive, abusive upbringing. Right. right. Um, she's a very good witness, I will say, for the prosecution. And she describes her role as Johnny's business manager, someone who is integral to his business pursuits. She was involved intimately in his life booked his travel, was the production pre- president of his production company, Infinitive Nile, Infinitive Nile basically was like an everything person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Christine says that in spite of their childhood abuse, Johnny took care of his mother in her old age. And yeah, yeah, I remember woman. hearing that, yeah. And she's someone who takes care of a lot of people in his life and is a very loving person. And she says, yeah, he drank and he did took pain pills but none of that had anything to do with his you know any of his issues with amber or any of his professional problems those were always brought on by amber she also says that and also he doesn't he didn't have like personal problems really like i don't feel like he had like a his career was always great well i think there's a question of why you know if if Vanessa and him didn't break up because he left her for Amber, then mm-hmm. I think that the most likely reason they broke up is because he has substance abuse abuse issues. Okay. Yeah. And so um as a result but, of perhaps a you know dark childhood. I mean, who knows how or why, but yeah. Basically she says that you know, his issues with substances like were basically being managed and she says that she basically uh she tries to downplay this but it's clear she doesn't like amber and she really tried to caution janny she really tried to caution johnny not to marry amber so quickly and told him that a prenup was very important in protecting his kids financial interest Mm -hmm. interests and she says she was devastated when she learned that they got married really wow so Yes. So here's the thing about Christine Dombrowski and her um, her time as a witness taking the stand. I bought all of it completely until cross-examination. And this is when I would say that the threads of her story started to become unraveled. Okay. 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 So she basically, like once she gets into cross-examination, she starts to deny things that are just self-evidently true. So for example, Amber's attorneys in cross-examination try to, you know, get her to admit that she had serious concerns with his issues with substance abuse and Mm -hmm. that she had spoken with Amber about this and tried to be someone Amber could lean on for this. Yeah. And she's shown texts where she, you know, texts Amber that she's completely worried or she's not completely, I'm exaggerating but there's a text where she texts amber and says i'm worried about it all and then right after she texts johnny and says stop drinking stop coke stop pills okay these are verbatim texts that she sent johnny and when she's presented with these texts in court they're like can you so did this mean that you were telling johnny that he needed to stop taking pills that he needed to stop doing coke that he, he needed to stop drinking and she's like i don't uh, I'm not sure what these mean. I don't know the context mm. of these texts. Mm. Right. And it's just like incredibly frustrating. And it yeah. just makes her whole kind of testimony feel a little like extremely biased, essentially. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like she can't even like look at like facts in front of her and speak to them. Yeah. And also yeah. 
Like, it's very obvious that her financial interests are intertwined with mm-hmm. Johnny's. Right? Of course. She's a president yeah. of his production company. Her main yeah. source of yeah. income is the salary she draws from that production company. Right. But when they ask her if she has any, if, that, if she has financial interest in that production company and Johnny's career, she says, no, she won't admit to it. Really? She won't admit. Yes. And it's just like, come on, lady. Right. Do you really think right. the jury is that stupid? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like overall her testimony was really weakened by her, you know, really showing her cards because mm-hmm. a good, like a good witness should basically seem like they're, they're just telling what they know and the truth. And they're not really trying to create a narrative and create any sort of spin and have any yeah. sort of obvious bias as much as yeah. possible. Yeah. Which brings us to the next witness, who by far is the star so far of the trial. Mm-hmm. Um, and does a, I mean, this is like literally a masterclass in being a witness on on the stand. His name is Isaac Brooke. Did you mm-hmm. watch any of his testimony, yes. Jan? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend everyone just go watch his testimony. It's a couple hours. You can put it on 1.5 speed. It is, he is so entertaining. He immediately comes off as just so likable, so down to earth. You know, he, the, they ask him. And how who he is he about- in relation okay, to the, the parties? Yeah. So let me back up. So Isaac met Johnny in the eighties in high school in Florida. And eventually he moves out to California basically in his twenties. And he starts working at the Viper room, which is a club Johnny owned at the time. So he worked there and then Johnny sells the place and he offers a severance package to everyone who doesn't want to work for the new owners, which kind of, you know, is obviously painting Johnny as like this very generous, benevolent person. Benevolent. Yeah. Yeah. Utific. So around the, <laughs> so around the same time, he earns a BFA from one of the Cal State schools in painting. So he's a serious, okay. though struggling and not yet successful painter. At some point, um, around the time that Johnny was dating Amber, he tells Isaac, you know, that I think Isaac shows him his paintings and is essentially trying to sell or see if he's interested in buying any of his paintings. Okay. Johnny had, you know expressed interest and johnny says why don't i do this why don't i become your your patron like back in renaissance times of course um and i will you can i will completely support you you can live in one of my homes he basically has him live Mm -hmm. in a huge gorgeous luxurious penthouse in the eastern columbia building in la Mm -hmm. and west hollywood very very cool building um and he says you know you can everything's taken care of you just paint Basically, take as much time as you need, and eventually, you can do an art show with all your paintings you create, and you can keep all the money. So, wow, this is like you know, this is extremely kind. There's no right. financial interest, it's just out of Johnny Depp's interest in supporting his friend's work and his art, which yeah. is quite beautiful. Right, right. Unfortunately, no one ever came to me with that same offer, which is why I am now in the legal payment plan business. But anyway. <laughs> We can move on from that. That is an insanely generous offer. I'm shook. If anyone yeah. wants to do that for me, I don't really know what my skill that I'm going to do and show off at some type of gallery, but wow. If you want Chandler and I to keep doing this podcast, you can either get on the Patreon to be our patron, or you can put us up in a West Hollywood a beautiful million dollar penthouse. Everything's taken care of. Yes. Okay. Um. So, so the thing about Isaac is that he just like comes across as just so 
eminently likable. He is mm-hmm. just so funny. He has like the jury and the audience eating out of the palm of his hands. He and he also comes across as extremely unbiased. They say, you know, what did you think about Amber? And he says, I fell in love with her. He has like this Brooklyn yeah. accent. Yeah. And he's yeah. Like, I fell in love with her just like Johnny did. You know, I I saw her all the time. She was always kind to me, always treated me, me with respect. She had amazing teeth. He like kept harping on about her teeth which I just found to be really cute and funny. And Amber Heard does have stunning teeth. Um, He says he never saw them argue. He says, or I'm sorry, he says he never saw saw them get violent. He only saw them really argue twice. And it wasn't that extreme each time. Um, Mm -hmm. Never went, never resorted to, you know, physical violence in his presence. And he just says he was around them a lot, essentially, because he lived next to them when they were in town. Because for quite some time, for a couple of years, Amber and Johnny lived in one of the penthouses, or that was a place they would stay. And also Amber's Mm -hmm. friends lived in the other penthouses. Johnny owned four at the top of this building. Johnny owned so so many mansions and houses and apartments. Yeah. Yeah. He is a real estate tycoon. Um, And... And anyway, one of the things he does is just really like it's very clear that he's just saying what he experienced and he's not mm-hmm. trying to it it does not appear that he's trying to spin a narrative. Yeah, um yeah. or that he has any bad blood with Amber really. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, cuz he says that she was always so great whenever he would come over, he would she would offer him something to drink, something to eat, you know, like she was very yeah. kind to him. Right. Um so he says that so I want to bring everyone back to the timeline. So the timeline of May 20th, that week of that week of May 20th, Johnny's mother dies. Amber then files for divorce. Then a couple of days later, she files a temporary restraining order and the pictures of her with bruises come out. So this is like a very important week for mm-hmm. this case. And yeah. he's so important because he saw her throughout this week, right? And he okay, saw her okay. up close yeah, in good yeah. light in those big yeah. penthouses the you know the light streaming through right and ceiling windows yep yes and what he says is that she that had no bruises on her at that time Mm -hmm. and he never he and she wasn't wearing any makeup and that is kind of you know that's really not good for amber's case because obviously if that was the time that Johnny allegedly physically assaulted her, you, if you had seen her, you would have been able to see that, especially if you're very, you know, used to her physical appearance, you would notice yeah. something different. Right. Right. Um, so then uh, he's just a star witness. It's great. And then Amber's attorneys get up to cross examine him and basically just completely butcher it. Jan. Really? Yes. Well, I saw the it's- clip of the, of the lawyer being like, did you see her wearing any, concealer lip tint like she like lists off all these like makeup things i mean and he's like probably, uh what you probably saw the reel of it which was like a 60 second condensed version i mean it was 30 minutes of belaboring yeah. makeup do you know what she kept saying do you know what amica cream cream is it's yeah arnica i have no cream. idea what that is arnica. what even is that though arnica it's like is a like healing a topical cream for bruises okay um, okay which like yeah thing. i had no idea what that was as a woman who bruises as easily as an old banana, oh, we've uh, heard. I can tell you that I have done the makeup over bruises thing mm-hmm. one, you know, a few times. Okay. Yeah. And I will also tell you that you can 
always tell in direct sunlight that there's makeup. Like it, it's yeah. just obvious. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if someone's familiar with the exact brand I was using or the tint I was using or right, the cream right. I was using. If there's heavy makeup over a physical bruise, you're going to be able to tell. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it was just, it was pretty like ridiculous. I know that like there's definitely, I feel like I definitely will wear like a layer of foundation or not foundation, like a lay, like a tinted moisturizer and mm-hmm. a little bit of concealer. And I feel like with that look, I basically don't really look like I'm wearing makeup. I feel like my, yeah. so I do feel like there are guys out there who say like, oh, you know, they prefer no makeup when really they don't realize they're looking at women with light right. makeup on. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah, yeah. And that's basically what the, what the, what Amber's attorney is trying to, to convince us of that okay. he didn't really understand. He didn't have the visual vocabulary. He didn't realize that look she was right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But no, when you're trying to cover a bruise, that's heavy makeup. You're going to be able to tell, especially in good direct sunlight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, then this is the part where things, the train really leaves the tracks for team Amber. Okay. So the point of like really what in a cross-examination, and this is something I learned during research for this episode. Okay. When you call a witness and the witness is for your side, it's called direct. It's direct okay. questioning. And you basically yep, ask yep. them open-ended question and they relay their experience. Yeah. And that's your job. It's you're like letting them essentially paint a story and it should be their true experience. The cross-examination, that attorney, what their job is to do is not ask any open-ended questions and Mm -hmm. they are supposed to control the narrative. So what they Mm want to do is they want to get you to agree to things that invalidate your testimony. Right, right, right. Yes. So, and so the worst thing that can happen is if you, as you know, if when you're being cross-examined, if you just go completely off the rails. Well, I just feel like in trials, a lot of times, like what you'll see is like someone will continue to to speak and or try to like fix what they just said. And the, the lawyer will be like, that's all. Thank you. You know? Yeah, ex- exactly. And that's what you want. You want people to just like basically contradict themselves and lose credit with the jury. Mm-hmm. And ideally in the in the perfect world, like admit to something that fully just is the nail in the coffin for their testimony. Um, Okay. The opposite happens. Instead of just uttering some like terse yeses and nos that confirm Amber's attorney's narrative, he completely takes over and like goes on this complete monologue about, so they ask him if she, if, if he's angry with Amber. And the mm-hmm. point of that is if he says yes, okay, that means that, you know, he's Right, biased. he's got motive. Yeah, yeah. But then he's like, so they ask him that and he's like, angry? It's been six years, six years of this stuff. Am I angry? Am I angry? She went, she told a lie that's ruined his whole life, that has destroyed his family, that's destroyed his life. Am I angry? Am I hurt am I like he just like goes on this complete like monologue about okay. what she's done and yeah. he, like literally starts crying what and yes I mean it's like you know he like he basically his eyes brim with tears yeah and yeah it is just the most convincing like beautiful speech essentially about all the pain that right. this lie has caused to this wonderful man his friend Johnny Depp and it is just, I mean, it is truly so bad for Amber's side and wow. just is the opposite of what you would want to happen. And, and you're, I think you testified already, you're pretty angry with Ms. Hurd, right? 
When? I, I wrote it down that you Oh, were... about all the phony, about the phony pictures that were, that were taken and put you... in uh, tabloids, and about the fake narrative, and about, uh, and the way she's a fraudulent DV claim to extort and blackmail uh, a man. Uh, yeah, that kind of got me uh, uh, Pretty frustrated, angry confused, angry, upset. Yes, which is why I said the best thing for us to do is not to talk to each other. Okay. And yes. And was it fair to say you're still angry with her? Oh, you know something? It's six years. But it's we just heard six you give years. your version. Am I angry anymore? I'm not, you know, I, what I am is tired, and I want this all to end. Her to go heal, him to go heal. You know, so many people are, have been affected by this malicious lie that she started and she created, and it's gone out the door and around the world. And so I don't need, I, I can't even paint anymore. I've stopped painting for the last who knows how many years. And that's affected by stuff. It's, 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 I don't, I, I'm not angry at anybody. I want the best for her, for her to take her responsibility, heal, and, 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 and move on, move on. And, and for Johnny, John, you know, it's, his family has been completely wrecked by all of this stuff. And it's not, it's, it's, it's not, uh, it's not fair. It's not right what, ha what she did and what happened for so many people to get affected from this. It's, it's insane. It was a perfect testimony. Yeah. Yes, he... And he comes away emitting holy bliss. Absolutely. <laughs> Beatific is the word. Okay. So the next witness is the building manager of the Eastern Columbia building. And his testimony is super boring. And he's basically just like testifying to the veracity of the building footage and basically okay. saying that like nothing was tampered with. So we're going to move yeah. past that. All right. So now we're on day three of the trial. And the first witness is Amber Heard's former personal assistant, Kate James. Kate James is a salty middle-aged British lady who I would never want to get on the other side of. And I'm honestly <laughs> shocked she was Amber's personal assistant because she's such okay. a no BS lady. Like she literally yeah. asks her questions and she's like, uh, that's a stupid question. I've already answered Stop. that. I'm not going to answer that again. I've already answered it. And it's a stupid question. Oh, like she's just gosh. so fierce. Yeah. And Kate James, her words are her weapon and she does not spare Amber any jobs. Okay. She paints Amber as such an abusive, horrible boss and Johnny Ugh. as the sweetest person. Wow. Okay. She basically says that she started working for Amber part-time. It was supposed to be 20 hours a week, 25 bucks yeah. an hour. Um, this was during a time when she, I guess, was remortgaging her house. So she didn't have a house, like a home payment. And it was like during, I feel like she said it was like, I don't know, it lined up with some sort of financial crisis. So okay. anyway, it was just a tough, like a tough time for know. her. 
a tough time, but she needed some cash. And, and the thing that was key about her role for Amber and why she was willing to take such a low amount of money was mm-hmm. that Amber would allow her to go pick up her son from school every day and if necessary, bring him to work. Okay. Okay. So that gave her a lot of flexibility. Right. So um, she works for Amber for 25 bucks an hour and she basically does everything for Amber. Like she talks to people at the studio about what, you know, what Amber needs, what scenes she's doing, what she mm-hmm. needs to be prepared for. Mm-hmm. She does her dry, she picks up her dry cleaning. She yeah. does all her errands. She talks to vendors, yeah. building managers, yada, like runs her life, right? Yeah. She does all the work that's involved in really helping a high profile person execute their life successfully. Yeah. And what is very evident to me and what really rubbed me the wrong way as someone who used to be an executive assistant is that, you know, uh, Amber treated her really poorly. Like Amber at one point called her and basically acted like it was an emergency that she needed to bring a swimsuit to the Chateau Marmont hotel. And when she got there, like on a Saturday, bringing her this schlepping across LA, a swimsuit to her, It's very obvious that it's there's no emergency emergency and she's just like partying by the pool with her friends. And then like Amber it sounds like required her to you're making a lot of mic noise. Amber required her to and then it's and then what's strange is Amber like basically requires her to stay at the hotel with her son while she's there partying with her friends like all day. Yeah, and then so finally at the end of the day she leaves with her son. She goes home and then Amber messages her to go back to and pack her a bag at her one of her places in LA and bring it to the Chateau Marmont. And at this point this Kate, this witness, her assistant says, "No, like I'm not going to like I'm home. I'm not going to do that. Right. It's 10 o'clock. That's a weekend night. I'm not going to do yeah. that." And Amber apparently like flies into a tyrannical outburst gets extremely angry yeah she says that amber just treated her horribly was verbally abusive at one point amber wants her to go full-time and so she asks for a fifty thousand dollar a year salary which is an incredibly low salary literally like nothing it's like nothing yeah that's the bottom of the barrel it's getting out of school what you make and amber she says spit in her face (gasps) when she asked for that like yeah. physically spit in her face? So this is what I really wanted them to get to the bottom of. Like, did she hawk a loogie in this woman's face or was right. she just screaming and spit was coming out of her mouth right. as she right. was right. hawking right. violently yeah. or, you know, dramatically? I don't know. It's unclear. Oh, my gosh. Um, But it's just obvious to me that Amber was a horrible, horrible boss who didn't respect her. Yeah. And I just – that just really rubs me the wrong way. Like – I just yeah. feel like it's so important to be considerate of other people and their time and their investment yes. in your yes. – you. So anyway. Well, you ask someone to go full-time and then you won't pay them a livable wage. It's utterly bizarre. Also, she's yeah. literally – I mean, she can afford it. Like she's right. engaged right. to at this point one of the richest men in Hollywood and yeah. living this life of luxury. It just makes right. no sense. Ugh. This is the thing about rich people is that they can be extremely cheap. This is something yeah. I've seen firsthand. Um, this is something that I've heard about in terms of high profile celebrities that mm-hmm. I can't actually disclose, but there's a certain high profile like family that yeah. literally pay their nannies hourly. Like yeah. won't put their nannies on salary, give right, them day right. rates. Benefits and then are like, yeah. Their day rates are eight hours times a certain amount. And once like the nannies though are basically still like forced to stay longer and they're not paid mm-hmm. overtime. Like you would be shocked at sickening. what extremely rich people try to get away with. Right. I'm sure. Which it is sickening. So anyway, 
Um, she is asked, the assistant is asked about Johnny and she basically says that he's super sweet and considerate. He's very cute with her, with her son that she, he teaches her son how to play guitar. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, but I, that's really, that's like more nice than me. I, I'm right. You know, right. I'm not like, that's more nice than you. Absolutely. I'm pretty good with kids and I've never like taught anyway. It's just, it's obvious that he is like a very nice person yeah, um, and a right. very sweet person. Well, and just back to my, like what I was saying about how he has so much property. Like I just have always heard stories and now these new, new tales of like him literally just like opening up his homes to people, to his friends, go stay Amber or Amber's friends. Like this is an extremely generous man. Like I, I'm not even like, it, that doesn't necessarily negate, all of these claims and everything that's happening, but like you cannot deny his generosity. Exactly. Exactly. And no, absolutely. And I think it just says a lot about a, someone that's like one of Hollywood's top stars that he really treated everyone like a human being mm-hmm. right. and was very kind to them and interacted with them and, you know, played with their kids. It didn't matter like who they were. Like hearing yeah. that Amber treated her assistant like trash, but was really nice yeah. to, to Johnny's friend. It's clear right. that, or it seems like her, you know, kindness was really only directed toward people who she believed were on her level. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, the next witness, and we're almost done, is okay. Laurel Anderson. She's a clinical psychologist who did couples yes. therapy for Johnny and Amber. She did yes. both uh, counseling for them privately and together, or individually and together. And this is really, I would say, when some of the tide turns against Johnny. Mm-hmm. And this is why this case is so interesting, right? Like, yeah. I think that it's really not so cut and dry. And just everyone, as you're listening to my recap, realize that we're were the prosecute the prosecution which is Johnny against Amber the, Johnny's case is being told right now the prosecution is calling all their witnesses at some yeah. point they're going to have to rest their case and Amber's team will call all of their witnesses mm-hmm. and so this is a you know I don't think this is so cut and dry and I don't think that we're just going to be able to say he for sure never laid a hand on her like right. and and she is for sure lying. You know, there are things people will do when they're mm-hmm. on drugs and not even remember. And that's a fact. And I mean, also he's yeah. friends with Marilyn Manson, like a very much known no. abuser. Yeah. yeah, totally. Absolutely. But he has a voice as soft as velvet. So it's very confusing. Well, and he's clearly like a loving man to people in his life. To yes. certain people in his life. Like that's like, I mean, I don't know a lot about Marilyn Manson, but like this is why, yeah, exactly. It's so interesting. And it's also just like uh, really human, this whole case, like just the way that like someone can be very generous, but also potentially have this dark side that only is brought out by this on the one other person. I don't know. It's just, there's a lot here. There's a lot. And I think also I will say that, and one of the reasons why I have an issue with cancel culture is that people like Courtney, I think said this and I agree so much people are better than the worst thing they've ever done. Right. And right. it can be the case that Amber Heard is a psycho Machiavellian, horrible woman. Yeah. Who is also like a nice, a nice person to certain people. And, yeah. you know, right. like a, a good mom and really struggles she, she with had, her mental health and her. Yeah. She is. Amber Heard. Yeah, well, that'll come up. 
Uh, oh, I didn't know she had kids. She has one it. child via surrogate, and the rumored father is Elon Musk. Um, oh, yes, It is that's documented. Right. They had a legal case where they fought over – he wanted to destroy the embryos they created together. So Stop. And the child looks a lot like Elon Musk. So that we'll get more into that. Elon Musk wow. is set to testify at this trial. So it's going to get juicy. But anyway, I think there's a world where Johnny is a – you know, a wonderful, generous, kind, hot as, you know, as a pirate yeah. can be person. And also potentially in a drug-induced bender could do some things, could be driven to madness. And, you know, maybe, who knows? I don't right. want to, I don't want to get in trouble for defamation. So I'm not yeah. even going to yeah. say it. Um, Wait, so that's why this What? I just saw what Amber's heard, Heard's daughter's name is. I don't even know how to pronounce it. it. Unaga? It's so Unaga Page. I bet she goes Page Heard. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I mean, at least it's clear she wasn't invested in this kid being hot. That's like at least a virtue. Because, wow, it's the opposite. I I hope we don't have any listeners named Unaga, but like, what? (laughs) Okay, continue. Sorry. Okay. So anyway, Laurel Anderson, clinical psychologist for both Amber and Johnny, takes mm-hmm. a stand. She describes their relationship as mutually abusive. She says that at one point Johnny told her that Amber gave as good as she got, which, you know, what does that mean? That she can basically be as violent as he could be? What does that mean? Um, yeah, it it does feel like the two of them got both get violent. It's not that she just gets violent. And right. he just runs away. It, it's clear no, that for sure. they escalate each other's behavior. Well, and in the audio of them fighting, the hour-long audio that's on YouTube that you listen mm-hmm. to, um, you know, she, she admits to being violent. And she says to him, I can't promise I won't ever get violent again. Like, yeah. she fully is. But yeah. also, also, I want to know, who recorded that? Did she? Amber like compulsively recorded stuff, and he and right. she recorded okay. it under like under the guise of that they would use the recordings to listen to themselves when they were like more cool headed oh and learn about their own behaviors. Oh yeah, but yeah, Amber recorded a lot of them, um, okay. and like because okay. in the fight she says, "Listen to the recordings, listen to yourself," and he says, "You listen." Like yeah, yeah, he knew who was being recorded. Right. Okay. Which Got is it. crazy. Yeah. But anyway, um, Amber apparently told the therapist at one point that during one of their fights that Johnny said to her, no one likes you. You're getting fame from me. I'm falling out of love with you wow. and you're a whore. So not exactly, right. you know. The benevolent, like, yeah. The benevolent pirate we want him to be. Right, right. Um, she also says that Amber was extremely dominating. And like you said before, yes, had a jackhammer style of conversation. Mm -hmm. And on December 17th, 2015, she says she witnessed Amber with physical bruises on her face. Okay. So this is not good for Johnny's case, right? right? right. Because this is a person verifying that she saw the bruises. This would have been a year before the divorce filing, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. or I guess not a year. This would have been like five months before the divorce filing because it was December to May, number 2015 to May 2016. So anyway, she, you know, backs up the fact that Amber did have bruises at some point on her face. Um, but what's weird about this is that she doesn't, she says they didn't discuss like what the bruises were from. And you would think that your therapist would ask you. Right. So right. anyway, um, 
It's definitely not a great moment for Johnny's case. The next witness is Gina Duders, who is a friend of Johnny's. And we learned two key things about this. Um, She's basically like a, you know, just one of their friends. And we learned that one, that um, Amber chastised him apparently at a dinner she was at in a very infantilizing, gross way when she saw Johnny taking secret sips of champagne. Okay. Um, And she also says that at their wedding, it was mainly Amber's friends Mm -hmm. at the wedding. And that she did drugs with them, um, including MDMA. And she basically, you know, says that Amber was a partier, right? Amber did mushrooms, did MDMA, did coke, did all these drugs. And so, you know, if Amber's team was trying to paint Johnny as this big partier, it doesn't help her case that she was partaking, you know, potentially quite a bit in this lifestyle. Yeah, right. Exactly. Another interesting thing, if you listen to the audio of them fighting, though, is at the at one point, you know, Amber's like, you know, I just don't want to say that we've done that we had this um, that we had this wedding, this beautiful wedding, and then it basically like we'll get divorced. And Johnny's yeah. like, who cares about the wedding? Like, I don't want like you know the four and a half years we've spent together. Like, it was kind of right. an interesting thing. Like, it was like this thing yeah. where he was a little sensitive to her caring so much about this like this glamorous event exactly and he was more like no the substance of the time and event and investment Mm -hmm. and relationship together right right and so it's kind of interesting that interweaved with her her, with the witness's testimony their friend that it was mainly her friends at the wedding kind of makes it seem like this is definitely something that was about amber that wedding about amber yeah 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 Okay, so finally, this is going to be very brief, but um, the next and final witness of day three is Dr. Kipper, Johnny's concierge attorney who was employed by him to essentially Mm -hmm. be available at all times. Um, Dr. Kipper validates that Johnny was struggling with substance abuse Mm -hmm. and was addicted to pain pills. And the key thing in this is that he was there for the Australia incident. So at some point before the Australia incident. Are we going to get to um, the bottom of what happened to the fingers? Not today. Not today. Oh my gosh. But all we know is that Johnny asked him to fly from LA to Australia to be there. Mm-hmm. And when the Australia incident happens, um, he calls Johnny. That's when the basically the tirade at the beginning that I read, uh, the yeah. text I read was from Johnny right. to his doctor where he um, uh-huh. calls her the C word and mm-hmm. um, says that she's so ambitious and all of that. And he says, I cut my fingers. What should I do except go to the hospital, of course? Um, so he texts Johnny that Johnny goes over to where they're staying and he says that the place is completely trashed trash there's stuff everywhere there's blood on the walls buddy says both johnny and amber are in are in in, are in a coherent state which is just kind of interesting right um, like that because like using that as your main descriptor yeah well i guess they you know clearly these fights weren't just had when they were completely gone um and out of their minds on substances right right so anyway that's where the trial ends on day three i think there's still a lot of questions um that's about 25 hours worth of research i had seven pages of notes so i'm not sure if we want to keep going with as much of a deep dive um i'm not sure i I can do this it just depends on what our listeners want like they want us to keep going okay well, I just want you to know that you did a stunning job. This was everything I wanted and more. Um, oh, thank you. Wow. Thank you for for being on the front lines, truly. 
I do what I can. Um, I'm here to bring you guys, you know, all the juice and to tell you that this really is a trial of a lifetime to be alive for. Um, so if you thought you were lucky to be alive during the time of DoorDash delivery and Uber Eats, mm-hmm. also count your blessings because right. you're alive at the time when we can watch the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard trial out of Fairfax, Virginia. Is uh, Elon uh, for Amber? Elon right? is like was- for Johnny because what? Elon, I think what Johnny's case is, is that Elon and Amber cheated a month into their marriage. Okay. And that is basically going to obviously paint her as extremely disloyal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, Elon is actually for Johnny's side. And I, it's unclear to me whether he'll actually show up in person or just over video, but he is, he has been subpoenaed to testify. So this thing is going to heat up. And the best part for sure is going to be when Johnny and Amber themselves take the stand. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Buckle up, baby. So more to come. Let us know if you want us to keep going. I mean, yeah, I don't know if we want to turn this podcast into the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard podcast for a couple months or six weeks or if we want to go back to normal content but if you enjoyed this you guys let me know we'll do a poll on instagram maybe yep. on friday this comes out tomorrow on wednesday we'll do a poll on instagram if you want me to keep going dedicating my life to this trial or if we want to move on to uh, more general content so yes let us know let us, let know. us know wow um I feel like I just watched a 2020 with Diane Sawyer. Like, really? I feel like, yeah, it was so, so good. Sister, thank you so much. Truly, it was my (laughs) pleasure to be here as a correspondent from the high seas. Tell justice. America's most fuckable pirate. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Sorry, Mom, you know it's true. Okay, bye, everyone. Love you. Bye. that's all for now folks don't forget give us a five-star review hit us up on instagram at pop apologists and we will see you next week live every wednesday